What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Dean Montalbano. No Ray tonight. Dino, we got another two-man episode for the people, and we got week six of the NFL season. My man, how we doing? Doing great. Pumped for week six. Years flying per usual, which is very upsetting, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, big win for the Jets last week, sneaking one out in Denver where I feel like we never play that well. So Mm -hmm. nice to get a win for the Jets. Got Philly coming into town, so should be a good one when we fucking beat up on the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) Let's go. All right, before we get to the game previews, let's talk about some rookies, some really nice performances in week five. Dino, who's first on your list? First on my list has to be Deontay Banks, uh, a guy I pounded on the table for. I I can't even it feels like forever ago now a uh, corner at a at a Maryland of course has and now on the G men I had him as I, I don't know my second or my third corner no, third corner obviously we had some two studs at the top but he's been quietly a beast thus far and was the only bright spot for this abysmal G men team after basically getting dog walked by the Finns. Uh, it should have been like a four or five touchdown loss. Banks only allowed three catches for 15 yards, predominantly being on Jalen Waddle, who, you know, who is awesome, a top 15, top 10 receiver in the league. And he hasn't let up one pass over 20 yards all season long. So definitely Deontay Banks. Love that. And love your love your scout and pounding the table for that guy. Um, first one for me is Tajay Spears running back from the Tennessee Titans last week, had seven carries for 34 yards and got his first touchdown of his career. Also had four catches for 35 yards. This guy just really continues to cut into Derrick Henry's workload, and he's showing that he can be a feature back. Um, He's averaging 5.8 yards a carry behind an absolutely brutal offensive line that cannot spring Derrick Henry right now, but he looks fresh. He looks good. Um, So, even though this team is kind of in a tailspin right now, he's definitely been a bright spot on offense for them. Definitely. Who you got uh, as your second rookie? For my second, it's got to be Jordan Addison. Hasn't been putting on crazy numbers, has had some big-time catches, some big 70-plus-yard catches. But, um, you know, I think he's looked really, really good. This is more pertaining to the eye test. And I think with the stepped-up role uh, with Justin Jefferson on IR – I think he could be quite special. Um, I, I know people are going crazy saying it's KJ Osborne season. Obviously, the person who's going to benefit the most from this is definitely Jordan Addison. He went six for 64 in a score and a tough loss against the Chiefs. But when you watch him play, especially on all 22, his routes have just been very crisp. He very angular. He's he's it's been seamless transition from USC now to uh to the big time to the big leagues. And you know. He already looks like a guy worth the first round price tag. I was definitely fairly wrong about this guy. Yeah, he was definitely uh, a big time, a big time scouting uh, win for me. Even though it's it's still early, I was huge um, on Jordan Addison. I think, like you said, without Justin Jefferson, he'll gain more confidence coming into his own as a possible number one type of receiver. Um, and then when they get back, obviously, it'll be a, a really nice tandem for the future, even though another team in an absolute tailspin right now, the Minnesota Vikings. So we'll see what happens with, with them and, and Kirk Cousins and that whole situation if they they ship Kirk out maybe at the deadline. But um, 
I like that one as well. And then for me, the second rookie I got is Joey Porter Jr. Shout out State, um, cornerback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Had his first interception last week against the Ravens, and it came in a big-time moment in the game. Uh, It was third and goal with the Ravens trailing, and it really put the game away for Pittsburgh. Um, Stayed right on Odell's hip and made a really nice play on the fade. Um, He's still in a rotation right now. He doesn't have a a hold of that number one cornerback job, but I think this is what he can bring with his physicality, his long arms, and uh, I think he'll be a stable in, in that Pittsburgh defense for a long time. Yeah, without a doubt, they got to steal with him. Yeah, absolutely, they got to steal in a bunch of <laughs> had a had a bunch of places. Damn, Emmanuel, that Emmanuel Forbes pick is now looking great. Yeah, he's been he's been okay, but I don't know, he's been solid. It, it's, it's, he's still, he still shows that he has a, a great nose for the ball, and it is tough. But you know, when when you have the likes of Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks going after you. Not taking Gonzalez was the big miss. Was wild. Yeah. Absolutely bonkers. He was going to run away with the Defensive Player of the Year award, but Defensive Rookie of the Year award. Yep. I apologize. Um, sadly for him, his, his season was cut short, but he'll, he'll be fantastic. Yeah, really unfortunate. Um, let's get to the game previews. First one, we mentioned it at the top. We got the Philadelphia Eagles coming to Jet Life Stadium to play the New York Jets. <laughs> Philly is a seven-point favorite right now. Um, I'll start for Philly right now. I mean, the key to the game is going to be to pressure Zach Wilson. Like, we, we've we seen it over and over again. When you can get pressure on Zach Wilson, he will give you balls that you can intercept. He will make mistakes. Um, this D-line can do it with four, and they can get home, especially without AVT, who another tragic um, end-of-the-season injury for, for him. So – if I'm Philly, I'm disguising my defenses. I'm trying to make Zach make the right reads because we've seen him more often than not that he's going to check it down when he doesn't like what he sees. Um, so you got to disguise blitzes. Don't don't let him know where they're coming and then pounce on opportunities for turnovers. Um, I think you just have two guys guarding Garrett Wilson at all times because there hasn't been another receiver, maybe Tyler Conklin a little bit, um, that can really separate and get open for him. Um, and then offensively, this this offense is starting to get going. I think they started a little slow to start the season, but they've been really good the past few weeks, and I think this Jets defense will be a good test for them. But I think for them, DeAndre Swift is going to be an X factor in this game, catching passes out of the backfield. I think it's going to be key. C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams have been excellent for this Jets defense, but I think if there's a group that I want to test on this Jets defense – um, it's going to be those linebackers out in space. Um, so getting the ball out quickly, because as good as this offensive line is for the Eagles, it's Jets D line is deep. They're physical. So make easy throws for Jalen um, and just let your weapons go get first downs. Yeah, no, uh, I'm still shaking my head. I'm still kind of sobbing and I, I, I might have a tear in my hire too. still <laughs> of what you said about AVT. Um, so I'll start there offensively for the Jets, and, and I'm completely unsure how this can happen for them. Uh, they, they need to keep Zach, and what I mean by I'm unsure how this can happen, I, I'm alluding to keeping Zach moderately clean. Yeah, and that will obviously be almost the key to the whole entire game, almost for sure. Sadly for the Jets, they lost their best alignment and Elijah Vera Tucker into a torn Achilles, which is. Honestly, at this point, hilarious. It, it feels like a comedy <laughs> skit. Uh, luckily, both rookie 
Joe Tippman from Wisconsin and Makai Becton has they they play great, especially most notably last week. And even two weeks ago, they were very solid. If I'm Nathaniel Hackett, though, it is just keeping me up at night all night long. Uh, thinking about Jordan, what Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter are going to do to Lincoln Tomlinson left guard and and center Connor McGovern. I, I mean, they are going to just wipe the absolute floor with them. It's going to be <laughs> silly. Uh, but beyond that, the Jets need to get the ball to their playmakers, and that is obviously Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Um, you know, Zach's going to need to get out and use his legs almost immediately off the snap, almost just immediately. There's no such thing as a three-step drop back in this against this defense, against this interior D-line. There's no hope for, you know, the middle of this pocket staying together, even for a slant route. I I truly believe that. I'm going to be very upset watching it. Um, But a much less athletic Sam Howell got some success running on the Eagles defense a few weeks back, and that that constituted to some big-time first downs and a, I think, like four, and, um, and kept a lot of drives alive that they were able to get down and end up scoring. So we need Zach to be rolling out and be playing his best football. Um, defensively, the Jets will will most likely be getting DJ Reed back from a concussion, which rounds out, you know, the best cornerback trio in football with Sauce and, and Michael Carter. Uh, not going to sugarcoat this. The Jets are going to need defensive points, obviously. Zach is not going to have the same performance he had against, you know, in front of Taylor Swift on Sunday night. Um, against this defense, but uh, Jermaine, JFM, Bryce Huff, Quinn Williams, the horses that you need to get home need to have sacks. They can't have, they cannot have hands on the quarterback without taking him down. They need to take Jalen Hurts down, which we know is very, very hard to do. You cannot let him get out there. And for that to happen, they need to feel confident that not only are the corners being locked down, but they need to be confident that Quincy Williams and CJ Mosley, the linebackers who have played phenomenal are going to keep Jalen Hurts' legs in check. So, I mean, this is going to suck to watch, honestly. This <laughs> it's such a bad matchup, especially with such a brutally <laughs> bad matchup. I'm not even going to assess like what the running game is probably going to do to them. So I, I, I'll just go to the marker report as you would assume, uh, you know, Big, big, big favorites. The Eagles are opened at six and a half, has gone to seven. And I don't want to, you know, listen, I'm I'm just a guy, but I do want to say the Jets, I mean, the Eagles have been taking 70% plus money on their spread um, opposed to the Jets. And Vegas is not taking this over the key of seven. So take that as you will. Maybe they think the Jets are going to be a little bit more competitive than even I imagine them to be so as a Jets fan. Um, and then for our total, we opened around 42 and a half. And predictably, after uh, some under money came in, um, you know, this is a Jet game. So, of course, money game, money um, under money came in. And uh, the total is now at 41. Yeah, that not moving past seven is just, I don't know if it's, good i don't know if i feel good or it's just so frightening that like this is going to be an absolute blowout because (laughs) we have seen in the past when philly comes into town the stadium is rocking for the eagles it's so bad it's It's so 70 30 bad it was a 60 40 split i'm giving i'm being i'm being generous too it was a 60 40 split probably last time but probably you're right closer to 70 30 in favor of the eagles the last time we played them (laughs) 
When we went, it wasn't even Hurts. It was Minshew, and it was like 65-35. Pathetic. In favor of the Eagles. If I heard one more E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles chant, I was going to actually jump off something. <laughs> um, so it should be interesting. Hopefully Zach uh, stays clean and, uh, you know, they put put together a good effort. Uh, let's go to our second game. We got the Seattle Seahawks going to Cincinnati. The Bengals are a three-point favorite right now. Um, Seattle's coming off a bye, but they will be ready for Joe Burrow and company. I think it's going to be huge if T. Higgins cannot go in this game, and the Bengals do have a bye in week seven. So curious to see what they do if they hold them out so they get the extra rest after the bye week. Um, but if this he cannot be a big game, though. Yeah, it is. Um, I also need him for fantasy, so T, <laughs> lace him up. Um, but if the, if he cannot go, they're going to just have to throw the kitchen sink at Jamar Chase, who just went absolutely berserk last week, on almost 200 yards, had three touchdowns. Um, you just cannot let that guy beat you. So normally I would say that blitzing Burrow is a mistake because he is excellent at reading his cues and beating cover zero. Um, but – I mean, last week he looked better physically moving in the pocket for sure, but you got to get after him and make him move. And if his calf is compromised at all, you just got to get after him. So I'm looking at Devon Witherspoon, who had a great week um, in week four, coming off the edge and blitzing, got a couple sacks. Um, So looking out for that. And then offensively, they need to control the line of scrimmage and ground and pound against his defense with Walker and Charbonnet. Cincinnati's given up over 150 yards a game on the ground. So if they can control the clock, um, I think they have a good shot to win this game. Without a doubt. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll go, I'll go right into offensively for the Bengals. Um, and, and all I'm saying is if they, if they didn't turn it around last week, they, they never were, you know, now Joe Burr and company face off against a much better secondary talent in Tariq Woolen, Devon Witherspoon and, and probably Jamal Adams. Um, you know, who knows though, maybe all it had to do was click once for the Bengals. We've seen that before. Very they said many- it last year, right? Yeah. It was, I, th- I think it was, um, I think they played new Orleans last year and Joe Burrow, I think he even said after the game, he was like, this is eerily reminiscent of last year when they played new Orleans. Cause they started slow last year too. And then they got, they started rolling. He said last week against Arizona, um, it, it kind of felt like that. So I agree with you there. Without a doubt. And that for that reason, you know, I'm probably going to stay very far away from this game. But, uh, the, you know, they obviously looked like an offensive powerhouse in 2022, and they clearly have the capability to do so. Uh, it's all going to – I think that this game is going to have way pretty heavily on the Bengals moving forward. Defensively for the Bengals, I, I'm worried if Hendrickson and Hubbard can't get their paws on Geno, and quite regularly. And Geno's actually been fantastic uh, while even under pressure. He's been as good with a clean than he has with a clean pocket. He's been playing very solid. They obviously are coming off the bye, get the extra time to prepare. You got you got big Pete Carroll. Um, and and the weapons of Lockett, DK, JSN, uh, Kenneth Walker, and even Noah Fant, uh, they can all kill this defense. They really can. This secondary is pretty abysmal, pretty brutal. This middle, this these linebackers, even the middle of this D line, they all have gaps. They all have holes. They all lack depth. So, I uh, I think that this C, 
I might be talking to myself. I might talk be talking myself into a bet, honestly, right now. After, of course, just saying I'm staying far away from it. I don't know why. I <laughs> but this offense will the, the this defense of the Bengals will definitely for sure struggle. Um, let's see if Joe Burke can um can keep up and even surpass that. For our marker report, I I'm definitely slightly puzzled about this line, which opened at Seahawks getting three and a half. That is kind of crazy to me. It's finally gone basically through the number for the most part and is at like 2.7. So it's at like two and a half juiced, uh, juiced to the, uh, the Seahawks side Uh, for the total. We opened at 44 and a half and has basically not moved saying very firmly at 45. Um, Another game. I'm just, I mean, I know it's in Cincinnati, but. I mean, one game to change you around that much. Maybe, maybe, maybe it had a lot, lot of bearing on what Joe Burr said about the, uh, the, the, the Saints game, and maybe people firmly believe it. Yeah, a game against Arizona flips it uh, a whole right? six points over. I um, right, easy. It was probably. I mean, they come out pretty. They come out pretty brutal. Jamar Chase doesn't have, you know, eight hundred yards for for three touchdowns or whatever, and. You know, they they struggle to get the win. This opens up easy, even away, Seahawks minus three and a half, right? Yeah. I th- maybe it's also a product of the Seahawks coming off a bye, too. Uh, they didn't play like they didn't play last week, so nobody saw them. Yeah. Uh, right? So you, so you get forgotten about. But yeah, that's pretty crazy to turn over six points like that. Um coming off a, a win against Arizona. So should should be interesting. Uh, that I'm staying away from this line as well. Um, let's get to our third game. We got the Detroit Lions going to Tampa Bay. The Lions are a three-point favorite right now for Detroit. This offense is really starting to click. And now getting Amon Ross uh, back, they're finally at full strength. And I think we're going to finally get to see this offense um, that Ben Johnson really wants to run. They got J-Mo back now. Um, Montgomery's healthy, get healthy again. Um, and I think this team could could be off to the races if they get a win here. Golf has been fantastic the past few weeks, um, and I think they really have the horses to challenge a really strong Tampa Bay defense. I'd like to see a little bit more Gibbs touches this week um, and even have him and Montgomery on the field together. It's been a big topic of conversation that Jameer Gibbs is just a change of pace back. Um, you didn't take him at 12 to be a, a change of pace back, so yeah. get that guy on the field. Even though the Tampa Bay linebackers are so good, but you need to find creative ways to get the matchups you want. And I think Ben Johnson does that uh, almost better than anybody in the league in terms of offensive coordinators. And then defensively, this Lions team has just complete taken a complete 180 turn from last year. They couldn't stop a nosebleed last year. They have been great uh, this year, especially the last couple of weeks. Hutch has been one of the best edge players in the league and this is going to be um a really nice matchup between him and and this and this offensive line but i think the big matchup for the lions is going to be ken cam sutton and jerry jacobs hold mike evans down um he's been great and this defense is definitely susceptible uh by getting burned with big physical receivers so if they can hold uh mike evans down i think they should be able to get a nice win in tampa bay yeah Definitely. I mean, this team has been uh, this team has been a top three 
team in football so far throughout the year. I, I don't think many people can dispute that. I think it's uh, Niners, Lions, Bucks. Uh, um, Bucks, oh my gosh. Niners, Lions, <laughs> and the Eagles at the top yeah. so far. And uh, which is crazy, obviously, considering that we all we have talked about is how hilariously more stacked the AFC is opposed to the NFC. But listen, I mean, their their top of the top is, is creme de la creme as well. They have some brutal teams, but these teams are great. This is going to be a very gritty, very, very gritty game. Uh, offensively for the Bucks, it obviously will start with Baker. He has surprised many, me including this year. I'm so happy Ray isn't here to hear me say <laughs> that or or uh, give his two cents. But the Lions have been great against the run. So I, I have little faith Rashad Wright, who has been wildly inefficient, and this offensive line that has not helped him at all. I, I doubt that there is going to be a ton of success. But this Lions team lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson a few weeks back. They lost Emmanuel Mosley almost as quickly as he came. Those are, those are pretty solidly big losses. And, and if this team has some – you know, has some flaws, I, I think it's most likely going to be um, in, in the back end of this defense. Yeah, you have Brian Branch. He's awesome, but he doesn't play safety. He plays mostly in the box, plays in the uh, plays in the uh, nickel role, um, it, you know, uh, slot corner. Um, so maybe the biggest key for this offense is going to be stretching this line's defense with Godwin's and Godwin and Evans. I mean, you know that those guys are great. They're fantastic. They have great capability to do so. Um, and lastly, like you talked about with this line's defensive line, they've been great at getting pressure, obviously led by uh, Hutchinson, who I think has the second most or most pressures in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he Baker has hilariously, surprisingly been much better when under pressure than not. And um, I mean, the, the passer rating is actually kind of funny. Um, it 92.8 went clean. And 125.2 passer rating when when pressured. And um, I don't know if that's going to continue. It doesn't seem possible. But, I mean, he has done a lot of wizardry so far throughout the year. So if he could just pull it out one more time, they have a really solid chance to uh, move the rock and get some points. Um, I will say this, though, when this offense lags and they maybe have an unlucky break or two, like they did against the Eagles, they, they looked very efficient coming out. But if, if they lag and get behind early this team kind of breaks down and kind of uh kind of just doesn't get back into the game personally that's that's what i think i've seen from this team um and then you know jared groff you know he's been the he has has he has the best passer rating in the league so far um which is you know fairly crazy to say we're not just one or two or three weeks in we're five weeks in um, but when pressured, Goff has dipped from a 118 pass rating all the way down to 74. Uh, I have to imagine Todd Bowles and, and this defense has got gotten into the lab this past week uh, that they've had off in their bye and just have been thinking about ways that they could scheme up some crazy Antoine Winfield and uh, maybe some Devin White and so some crazy blitz packages, which we know Obviously, Todd Bowles loves to do. Uh, if they can get it organically with Kalijah Kansi, the rookie out of pit, uh, maybe Shaq Barrett or Vita Vey inside, that would be a plus. Um, but I agree with you, Sauce. I, I definitely think that it might be in the cards that they get a DeAndre Swift going because he could definitely be an Achilles heel against this defense. And and for our marker report, as you would predict, the Lions are favored, even though they are playing the Bucks at home and the Bucks are off the bye, but they've just looked that good this year. Um, and that's at the tune of three to three and a half. 
while the total has opened at 45 and a half, it took considerable under money and brought the total all the way down to 43 and a half. Like I said, this is going to be gritty. I, I, I'm honestly shocked it even opened at 45 and a half, which is a key number. Yeah. This, uh, this Lions team is so interesting, especially for, for these over unders. Cause I, I really just think they're uh, a multi-dimensional team. Like they can win those gritty games where they pound the rock and let their offensive line go to work and give David Montgomery 25 touches, yeah. or they can be explosive if they want to get into a shootout. Um, so I, I do agree with you. I think this is going to be a gritty game though. All right, let's get to the last one. We got the Monday night football game. We got Dallas going to the chargers, which is honestly basically just a Dallas home game. Um, Dallas is a two point favorite right now. Um, I'll start with the Cowboys. This team just got absolutely embarrassed uh, on Sunday night football. I think people were hoping that that might be game game of the year for the early windows. Um, but the 49ers just show that they're head and shoulders above everybody in, in the league. So I think this is a big time rebound game for them. Um, this Chargers offense is getting Austin Eckler back. So they really need to key in on him out of the backfield. They cannot let any easy screens or checkdowns go for big plays. Um, if they can get ahead and let this pass rush just pin its ears back, um, I think they'll be in good shape. Offensively, they just they need to get CeeDee Lamb more involved. I mean, that's been a huge topic of conversation this week. Jerry Jones said they they just want to spread the ball out, but um, you got to let your best playmakers touch the ball more than four times. Um, even if it's not him winning one-on-one, they just need to design and scheme stuff open for him. And I also think the same for Tony Pollard. This run game has really not gotten going. Um, and I think this offensive line needs to dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, but this Chargers D-line ha- has been very good, especially getting pressure um, in their pass rush. So, Getting Tony Pollard some some touches with some screens, I think will be important for them. And they need to keep Dak upright because when he has a clean pocket, he looks great. When he's getting pressured, he looks like shit, honestly. The 49ers made him look awful last week. Um, and like I said, this Chargers D-line is no slouch. Uh, they got some dudes. So I think this will be a good test for the Cowboys uh, to see if they can rebound. Yeah, no, definitely. I I think that, I mean, I'll get to it with the marker report. Uh, I I guess I'll just wait until I get to the marker report. But a lot of what you said, you know, makes a ton of sense. Um, For for the Chargers, I mean, I I guess I'll start. I kind of want to start defensively because I think that is, and what you talked about is going to be a big portion of this game. And that's going to be keeping Dak upright. I mean, I can't even count how many memes I saw of him on Twitter over the past week over this week after obviously that <clears throat> uh, after that debacle Monday and um <clears throat> apologize but uh but I mean this is going to be a Chargers defense that yeah they get Derwin James back but they're going to be again still without uh Joey Bosa most likely who is doubtful and that's a huge loss you cannot expect Khalil Mack <clears throat> to get six sacks again or anything close to that especially against this Cowboys old line who maybe they needed a week to get this continuity back because last week was the first time they had all five of their starters up and going again, they went against the best defense head and shoulders, you know, in, in the NFL. So whatever, 
they get they get slammed but they're going against a a a a solid drop in competition for sure i think they fare a ton better get tony pollard going um so for this defense they they're going to need Khalil Mack to be effective and get there uh, i know obviously i i kind of inserted my bias on how i think this matchup is going to go but the Chargers defense, I, I don't think they're going to do very well. CeeDee Lamb will probably get back on to doing CeeDee Lamb things. Uh, I, I think it might be a long day defensively, but luckily offensively, this Chargers offense, you know, they had a they had a week to scheme for this Cowboys defense, which is dynamic. But Justin Herbert has looked great so far this year. They get Austin Eckler back, which I cannot stress to you how important that was. Josh Kelly does not look like Austin Eckler. Um, he doesn't even look like the fucking brand you know like the grocery store brand version of him it, it's way worse it, like honestly if Austin Eckler was cereal you know like Frosted Flakes then fucking Josh Kelly's Raisin Brand um, that was the best <laughs> thing I had on short notice but um, Austin Eckler don't hate on Raisin is, Brand I, dude I hate Raisin Brand my, my <laughs> loves it I, I think it's sociopathic behavior but Anyway, this Chargers offense can have a ton of success. I, I truly think that they're going to have Austin Eckler coming out of the backfield, causing all havoc with a Leighton Van Der Esch less defense for sure. That as well, a uh, big loss for them. He's played great and honestly, great story for him. But that's very sad that he has neck problems again after you know how many years of of, of that obviously lingering. Um, you have no Mike Williams, maybe Quentin Johnson. Catches a big pass. Got to keep that A dot of Justin Herbert up big time. And Justin Herbert Herbert is fucking tough to bring down. And he's awesome and has been great this year while under pressure, which is going to happen. And he's going to expect pressure, but he's going to deliver. So th- this actually might sneakily be a, a fairly high scoring game. And, and for a marker report, uh, the line opened at boys minus two and has found a home at, at, at boys minus two and a half. Um, you know, this is at chargers this is at la um with reportedly most of the bets being on the chargers the cowboys are still it's the line is still moving in the cowboys direction which is definitely a little bit of a head scratcher but you sometimes you have to take the hints that vegas gives you and my impression off of this is that handicappers and vegas they firmly believe that 49ers are just head and shoulders maybe even torso above and better than the rest of the league which i have been saying all year i said it prior to the year they are legit their team is fake their roster is fake and i even said it when we did a redraft for the prior year and i gave mr irrelevant to the jets um early so yeah yep not not or not not to the Jets, but I had him like going like second overall he's the real fucking deal i don't know how it took just this year for you to find out uh, him and Kyle Shanahan are like the per- most perfect marriage ever. Yeah. This game's going to be really interesting. Um, again, another like bad vibes game coming off for, for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, so curious to see how they rebound. Um, good stuff for the game previews. Let's get to the big time. Let's get to the money. Uh, let's talk some units. Dino, how did we do last week? Uh, we did great. We... Put three units on Jets money line plus one fifteen. That's smashed for three point four five uh, unit um, profit. DJ Moore longest reception over twenty two and a half yards minus one fifteen. That was one unit to win point eight seven. That 
You did not need a sweat. I think it happened in the first 11 seconds of the game. That was very cool. Uh, Cowboys plus three and a half. Obviously, that was abysmal. And I just was pounding the table saying that I was the Niners guy. And I've faded them twice now on primetime. But um, I don't know. I thought there was definitely value to be had there because I think the Cowboys are very solid. And I thought they'd make it. I thought they'd make it, you know, a pretty good game. But uh, wow, was I wrong. Yeah, I'll read out Ray uh, last week. Obviously, a five-unit loss for college football, but Ray rebounded for the NFL. Five-unit wins. Um, he also had the Jets' money line for two units. Um, he also had a six-point tease with the Dolphins, minus five, and then he had Pittsburgh, plus ten. Uh, nice to get an outright win for Pittsburgh. And then he also had Chase Young over uh, .25 sacks. He got a half a sack. Um, so love that for Ray. He had one unit there at plus one ten. And then for me, um, a slight loss last week, but I did hit the two and a half unit tease. Uh, I had a 10 point under tease with, uh, New Orleans and New England, uh, under 50 New England got absolutely shelled. I had under 52 and a half for Tennessee and Indianapolis, um, and then the one that I had to sweat out was actually the Jets and the and Denver, uh, fifty three and a half. I think that was end of the game at fifty two. Um, so close call there, but I had a one point eight five win there, and then I had a one point five unit loss money line parlay: the Bills, the Lions, and the Dolphins. And I said before the pod, the Bills was going to be the one that I was going to have to sweat out with the trip to London. Um, tough to take a loss there, and then I also had uh, the Texans money line for one unit, which absolutely killed me because they got in the red zone so many times. I think they kicked four field goals. Um, they just could not put the ball in the end zone. And then they obviously let up a 50-yard pass from Desmond Ritter at the end of the game that uh, sealed it for, for the Falcons. So tough tough unit there to, to lose. Um, but we obviously rebound. Dino, what do you got for us this week? Yeah, so like I said before when we uh, kind of uh, went over the Seahawks and Bengals game, I talked myself into it. And although I said I was going to stay far away from the game, I guess I'm not. Uh, I'm going to put two and a half units, so half half of uh, half of our load on the Seahawks team total over. I was shocked when I saw this was available. Uh, you could buy half a point fairly easily. It's it's at most shops at at twenty one. So for twenty and a half, you could get it at minus one thirty. Uh, I I'm very confident that they can kill this defense, and if the Bengals. And it's kind of like a win-win if the Bengals turnaround game last week is was the proponent of them, you know, getting back to their old selves. Then guess what? This over is going to be an absolute lock. Then after that, I'm going to say fuck it. Anytime I see an over-under of 50 in the NFL, holy crap, do I never touch it. But I, I really love the Dallas Charger over a 50 and a half. I, I just think these are going to be two offenses coming ready to play. and. I feel like they're definitely just going to be a ton of points scored. And this is a Dallas offense that needs to be pissed. Yeah, for sure. Like it. Um, I'll read out Ray's. Uh, Ray has two units on the New York football giants team total under 14 and a half versus the Buffalo bills. Um, I think dimes is going to play. He said his neck is feeling much better, um, but under 14 and a half for the G men. And then he's got three units 
on the Kansas City Chiefs minus 10 and a half on Thursday night football with the Denver Broncos. Um, that's a lot of points for a Thursday night football game, but the Denver Broncos are terrible. And apparently they're about to ship out half their roster. So uh, can't fault Ray too much for taking that one. Um, for me, I have a two unit 10 point tease. I have the Bills minus four against the Giants. I have the Dolphins minus three and a half. And then I have the Texans plus 11 and a half. That's minus 120. Then I have the 49ers at Cleveland minus six and a half. It's minus 108. Um, Even though this Cleveland defense is really good, I just don't think they can stop this 49ers offense. I think they're just going to roll. They upgraded P.J. Walker, too, so I'm not even sure if Deshaun Watson's going to play. And I think that's just going to be too much Sam Fran in that game. And then I end with the Rams minus six and a half against a feisty Arizona team. But I think for the Rams, uh, even though they lost last week to Philly, this defense has been really, really solid. Um, So without James Conner, who's humongous for this Arizona offense, I don't know how much they're going to be able to get going. Um, And now with Cooper Cup back in the lineup for the Rams, looked great last week. I think the Rams are due for an offensive outpour. So I got them minus six and a half and both of those, the 49ers and the Rams bets are my, are one and a half units. Nice. No, I like, I like that. I actually really like that uh, Rams bet. I agree with you. Yeah. We need a, we need a win. We need a win. My bets are so not like me this week. Yeah, they're not. I don't know why I feel good about them though. All right. Well, well, We'll see what happens next week. It's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our week six NFL preview. Stay with us. We got more college football. We got more NFL. We got some draft stuff coming up in the next few weeks. So stay with us. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with a number two. You can also find us on underdogpodcast.com and stick with us. We continue this 2023-2024 season. Dino, my man, appreciate you. Much love.